0: Jam Lemon Radio, you are uh, tuned in to uh, Hold Up. It's uh, our fifth episode in which we talk about, uh, about uh, music and uh, other uh, subjects with experts, professionals, and artists. For tonight, we have uh, Jake Kuzmol who is an independent artist, a music journalist, and also an OPM lover. So uh, let's uh, introduce him here on air. Here we go. Jake?
1: Hi, this is Jake. I'm Jake Kuzma, as Rob said. That (laughs) is my real last name. I know it's really strange, but anyway, I'm glad to be here, and uh, I'm glad to um, be talking with Rob, and um, I'm glad all of you are listening. So, Rob, thanks for having me.
0: Well, you are most welcome, and thank you for gracing us with your uh, presence for tonight, uh, Jake. Yes, your your name does your last name does sound uh, badass though. Just to uh, <laughs> just to let you know, um, truth is, Jake and I have been talking for like ten minutes already. Is that right, Jake? Ten minutes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been it's yeah. been ten minutes. We've been we've been talking, and uh, we didn't realize I didn't realize that the broadcast software was not. Uh, was not working So <laughs> We're gonna go oh, back to that And summarize What we have uh, Talked about <laughs> So And I I apologize for that Jake um,
1: It's alright man you know, Yeah Whatever you need to do I'm here you Appreciate know, I'm it so much
0: brother So um, I, I apologize to the Uh to the listeners as well But uh, before we start Let me just say hello To the, the guys who are tuned in uh, Franz E.P. She's in And Jun Tukero as well Ira Alazas from Japan uh, She's uh, listening uh, Project Sport uh, My cousin Micah Basas My uh, my aunt uh, the Tita Mildred um, Simon Kembau, Hey, hello uh, Good evening uh, Santa Mesa I, I believe uh, Dada Timan Lloyd Dominic uh, Lopez And And uh, Here's uh, Juan Palu, Dodge of uh, the Balls Breakers. Uh, he's listening to Jake. He says uh, he sends his regards to you. <laughs> oh, cool! Hey, right.
1: Juan. Right. Good that you're here, man.
0: Yeah. So we'll Amano Pa, she's also listening in. Uh, shout out now. So yes. Um, later on, after our interview with Jake, we're gonna be playing uh, four uh, new tracks from four. Uh, four bands, uh, of course The Ballsbreakers, Cameosa, Name That Thing, and Grey Paborita. So let's uh, start this uh, interview with uh, my man here, uh, Jake Kuzmol. Uh, we've known each other for like seven or eight years now uh, Yeah. Yeah, because of… Uh, how did we meet, Jake? I mean, how did we uh, meet online? We,
1: we, I think we met in the uh, Pinoy Rock of the 90s group on Facebook, I think Is that that's right? how we met. Is that right? And uh, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I think that's
1: how we met, and I think I don't remember um, that
0: group though. Was it? Wasn't yeah. it? Wasn't it the uh, the grunge uh, grunge group in Mindanao? Yeah, or, yeah, me probably that.
1: One. Uh, you know, because uh, I've, <laughs> I've been uh, on Facebook in like a lot of like Filipino mm-hmm. groups over the last couple, uh, or last several years, I yeah. should say, and like. Man, it, there's just so many, and I was like, <laughs> well, Rob's Filipino, and like I was like, did I meet him in a Filipino group or just a regular music group,
0: so... I... I actually have no idea. I, I don't remember as well. You know, it, it gets muddy. It's it's been, it's been seven or eight years now. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Jake, let let's uh, let's go back to what we were talking about earlier. I'm gonna restart the the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my uh, pleasure. Yeah. So Jake, who uh, tell the listeners who you are as an artist, as a as a writer, uh, music journalist, um, both of those. Yeah,
1: who I am as an artist. Well, I um, started this um, project called Happy back in 2008. Mm-hmm. And um, I won't really get into the um, the false starts of it that would happen several years prior because uh, those uh, times were kind of where I was uh, feeling myself out. And really before I had any sort of genre set, Right. For for any firm musical project, but mm-hmm. back in two thousand eight is when I officially started. Like, I don't know if you call it a serious project, but just something that I could do mm-hmm. consistently. And that is too. happy with mm-hmm. a uh, question mark in parentheses, in parentheses is the name mm-hmm. of the band, mm-hmm. and the as far as influences go. I'm influenced by a lot of 90s stuff, a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff from the regional scenes that they had back then, like uh, from Chicago, you had bands like Smashing Pumpkins and Catherine and Red Red Meat, and then in the champagne scene, you had Hum and Poster Children and Mm -hmm. Honcho Overload, and bands like that, really obscure bands. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's it. It's a combination of grunge, indie rock and mm-hmm. shoegaze and that's what I've And,
2: and we, then well you years. you
0: mentioned before before we went on air you mentioned before that you were uh you were uh discovering these music through uh through downloads at the time where you <laughs> it would be had... <laughs> right. Uh pre-Spotify days, even pre-YouTube days actually.
1: Yeah, pre-YouTube. Yeah, yeah if yeah. you can believe it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Right, right. So as, as a music uh, yeah, journalist... It, it,
2: I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: It's, um, it, it's really interesting that you mm. put that in perspective, because mm. uh, around the time that I was li- listening to music, it was mm. through downloads, like you said. Mm. A lot of stuff I got from like LimeWire and BearShare, and that's basically how I discovered music. Mm-hmm. I would look bands up on Wikipedia, and then download their music through <laughs> LimeWire, and it was kind of a cheap way to do it, but right. uh, that's the that's, um, telling of the generation that mm. I was brought up in, essentially. My
0: God, I already forgot about Bear Share. It, it just, <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's, the, it's the first time in, in many years that uh, someone has, has uh, mentioned that. Oh my god. Bear okay. Share brings memories, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, LimeWire, wire, bear mm, share. Right. I think Soulseek was even around then and
0: Donkey and all those things. Right, right. Oh god. <laughs> oh man, man, we're old. Well, I'm old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what about as a, as a, currently you are you are a writer for a music yes. uh, music website? Which is called music Existence, music existence. right? And uh, in fact, you yes. you reviewed um, one of my singles last year, as well as uh, the Balls Breakers uh, debut album, Songs for Fredo, right? And uh, yes. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? I mean, uh, do you go to the to the office, or do you uh, do you uh, is it is it a home based job? It's
1: it's um it's home based it's uh, it's Great. virtual and mm-hmm. um if you want to know how i came across music existence yes i do since it was um it was um it's it's a very nuanced situation if, if you think about it like i'm i'm trying to think back and thinking of like the the firm reason why i got onto music existence mm-hmm. i'm not sure but i think um it didn't either involve like some sort of internship listing at the beginning,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, initially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember there was this one guy I was watching on YouTube right. and uh, he um, he had this show that um, this kind of review show that I was watching that was uh, posted as sort of like um, it was like a co-site that he was posting on I guess you'd call that cross-posting in addition to his original site and mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, music existence I like the logo maybe <laughs> I should message them and see mm-hmm. if I can if I can get involved somehow right. you know <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I um, I scrounged up all the stuff that I've done from all my uh, from my previous like journalist like freelance Stints for this uh, paper that I worked with, mm-hmm. and I was like, Man, this is kind of like, Oh man, I don't know how old this is gonna help. This is good enough, and lo and mm-hmm. behold, it did suffice. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, it, around it was, what was,
0: year was that, though?
1: Oh, um, that was around uh, 2015, that was summer of 2015, mm-hmm. I think it was July, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's basically when it came about and uh, I'd, uh, it was those uh, freelance stints mm-hmm. plus uh, whatever I did uh, after that. I think mm-hmm. I joined another site too before then, but then the music existence has been kind of my bread and butter for about five years
0: it's now. Bit, yeah, it's almost five years. Oh my gosh. Congratulations, man! Yeah, right? yeah. So now you're yeah. you're constantly uh, you're constantly uh, writing uh, reviews and uh, articles. Doing interviews, yeah. yes, in doing interviews as well. You 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 you've got quite a handful of uh, interviews already with uh, yeah. great bands. So yeah, really great, I, right? uh, mm-hmm.
1: as far as interviews, I think I've done about like a hundred oh. so far, <laughs> several hundred interviews in the five years.
0: And now, and now we're interviewing you. So it's the other, yeah, the wow. other way around.
1: It's, it's, it's so weird. Awesome. It's, like, um, <laughs> it's like putting that in perspective, it's so weird. It's like I was going out interviewing mm-hmm. artists and stuff. And recently, right. my, my very good friend Angela, she's a publicist, uh, mm-hmm. she interviewed me as well. Really? And like, I thank her for that because um, I did like an industry profile on her, she uh-huh. works um, for the industry as like a publicist and a public speaker, mm-hmm. and I interviewed her, mm-hmm. and then kind of as a joke, I mm-hmm. led into it like, hmm, that'll be the day when you interview me, <laughs> and then she's like, I'd love to interview you, <laughs> and that's how that happened, and now you're interviewing me, which I feel very grateful, man. Thank
0: well, you. Well, we are uh, just as grateful as you are uh, to have you here. So, uh, you you work uh, at home uh, for so basically you have your your own office uh, in, in your room. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, in my room. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, it's 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 seven o'clock in the morning where you are in Florida, right? And mm-hmm. uh, just um, could you could you maybe. Uh, Give uh, give an idea on uh, what the situation is in your in your city and in your state um, to the listeners here in uh, on our show.
1: Oh, um, in regards to the yeah, pandemic, with regards to the pandemic, I mean, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's been uh, it's crazy here. It's definitely not as bad as New York mm-hmm. where I used to live, mm-hmm. and I, I moved uh, with my family. Three years ago, we moved to Florida because New York mm. was getting way too expensive, and plus we wanted to get close to the family. But other, mm. otherwise, all my friends are still in New York, and I, I reached out to mm-hmm. them every so often just to check up on them, see if they're okay,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they're they're hold up, but they're making the best of it, and uh, mm. you know it's it's really good. It's really new mm. to see. essentially like what I've been doing for for many years at home and then people (laughs) people who um, unfortunately or Mm. fortunately get Mm. to work at home and Mm -hmm. get to be in that environment sometimes they benefit from it sometimes it's agonizing but yeah I'm here to say like (laughs) as someone who's been home for for many years <laughs> you'll get used to it yeah
2: right right still
1: have all your comforts you still have all your conveniences it'll work out mm-hmm. we'll get through this
0: so as, as, as i believe uh new york is the epicenter of the uh of the covid 19 disease uh currently right in, yep. in the u.s in yep. the u.s right is it the whole state or is it just the city
1: um i think well oh westchester where i used to live mm-hmm. is like uh um At the time that I looked up the uh, cases of how many people were infected, um, mm-hmm. I think it was second to New York City at the time. oh man, and I'm not sure
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, who displaced Westchester or if anyone did, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was it was just it was surreal. And like I would, after, after that news set in, I was thinking about all my friends. I was like, holy shit, like what what can they? <laughs> What are they going through right now? Like, and and then, uh, and then I see like because they're on Facebook, because they're on Instagram, I see mm. they're they're just you know enjoying their at at their own leisure. So,
2: right.
1: yeah, ain't got <laughs> nothing too much to worry about. But. Mm-hmm. I always thought That's you were from Buffalo
0: before, Buffalo in New York. I, I thought you. <laughs> But that's too far. Buffalo. Oh.
1: Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo is near Canada. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, that's that's
0: where we went when we go when we uh when we were there back in 06 when we went to Ni- Niagara. <laughs> oh, yeah, Niagara. Yeah, but you Falls. were you in you're... we were in Westchester, right? In, West, <laughs> in
1: Westchester, That's I'm um, bad it at geography. Like white It's it like the Galleria and right. Elmsford and all that. Right. And right. uh yeah, they we have our own little cute towns and mm. our own little, like, stores and all mm. that, malls and stuff, <laughs> and I don't know, it's 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 a really, Westchester is a really uh, mm. r- rich people town, and mm. for middle class people like us, it was pretty hard, but uh, we made the best of it, and now we're in Florida, and uh, we're, uh, I guess, in, in a way, starting, starting a new life.
2: <laughs> right,
0: right. So it's uh, it's pretty normal there where you are. I mean, it's uh, yeah,
1: yeah, pretty normal. Okay. It's 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 surreal actually mm-hmm. because you have you know all these blue skies and great weather, mm. but you can't really do much except go for a walk every once in a while and mm. maybe go to the store to buy food mm-hmm. and you know the toilet paper situation in. <laughs> It's like a worldwide. That's e- that's even bigger than the pandemic. It's if, if
0: I could I send think... if I could send you all the toilet pe- papers that we have here in, in in our malls in our groceries, I'd do that. <laughs> but it's you know it's it's a cult- cultural oh, yeah. Yeah. cultural thing. So you know it's oh man yeah
2: yeah,
1: yeah well. Wow. So you're fully stocked over there in toilet paper, because man, I, I've we, seen like we,
0: we're not dependent uh, on toilet papers really. Um, maybe maybe the uh, class A and the class B uh, uh, people, families. Oh, okay. They they are, but uh, the you know the average Filipino household doesn't really you know don't really have uh, toilet papers around
1: toilet paper necessity
0: (laughs) (laughs) we we either use we either use now now just to be blunt for shitting right so (laughs) we either use a bidet or just yeah just water and soap that's it (laughs) so it's a cultural thing like like we said (laughs)
1: so so, so bidets are bidets more commonplace in the philippines it's starting
0: to be but uh, before it wasn't really that that huge. It's, it was just you know water and soap. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but but it's, <laughs> wow, you know wow, it's been sorry. yeah it's been it's it's been uh, it's been around for a couple of years now. It's starting to be you know uh, normal, uh, uh, common uh, part of the uh, toilet. <laughs> Yeah
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So mm-hmm. that's a step up, I guess. At least you don't have to worry about toilet paper.
0: <laughs> true that, true that. Save the trees. <laughs> so Jake, you mentioned that you um it's normal for you what we what what most people are doing in the world right now, uh under quarantine, being holed up uh at home. That's normal for you. And uh that is because uh uh for uh, the benefit of the listeners who do not know, uh, Jake actually has uh, what is called a cerebral palsy, which uh, it's it's a physical condition that uh, makes you a paraplegic. Is that correct, Jake?
1: Well, see, that's um, mm-hmm. where I want to clear this up.
0: Yeah,
2: go ahead.
1: It, it doesn't make you a paraplegic. It's a mm-hmm. neurological condition, right? Um, that causes a disconnect Mm -hmm. in uh, the messages that your brain sends to your muscles. Mm -hmm. So it just makes your muscles tight. It doesn't make you fully Mm -hmm. paralyzed. It just makes you... you, Basically, Mm -hmm. you're a 29-year-old man in a 70-something-year-old body. Mm -hmm. It's very nuanced. It's Mm -hmm. not very clear-cut. No. But, you know... Mm -hmm. I, I wish I can go for a walk every morning I wish I can mm. go for a run even
2: right but
1: I can't you know <laughs> um, you know I still depend on people to um, put me in my chair and mm. you know so I can just go about the day but right. that's it mm. pretty much it's all you need to know it's it's mm. it's a neurological condition it's mm. it's physical it um, Depending on what you read, it's Mm -hmm. not cognitive. It's Mm -hmm. not a birth defect. It's just a one-time kind of damage thing that happens. You know, when you're born in Mm -hmm. in the womb, some complication happens, and you're like, "Well, you're you're fucked for life, basically, and only Mm -hmm. you can decide how you (laughs) live your life from now on."
2: So, exactly, yeah.
1: (laughs) So, and I made the best of it. I made Mm -hmm. so many wonderful friends. Mm -hmm. There's ignorance out there in the world and a lot of people who don't know about it and refuse to know about it Mm -hmm. and kind of pull away indifferently Mm -hmm. once you start, you know, explaining your life and your challenges to them. You know, they sometimes they don't want to hear it, Mm -hmm. but that's the reality of it. And that's what I've learned to accept. And that's been really hard. You matter know, of fact you have you
0: have a video you released a couple of years or a few years ago um, yeah, yeah. you released a video uh, of you just talking about cerebral palsy and uh, your condition uh, in general oh yeah right. yeah
1: yeah mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. it's been a long road I'll tell mm-hmm. you that <laughs> like I never mm-hmm. I never knew that I would pick up a guitar and start playing in exactly. an adaptive fashion see exactly. how I play guitars I actually <laughs> have the guitar on my lap,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I use a right-handed guitar even though I'm left-handed. Oh, you're what left-handed? I do is, yes. Okay. Yes.
0: I didn't know. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm left-handed mm-hmm. and I play a right-handed guitar and okay. what I do is um, because it's kind of difficult to play the guitar with the strap on, mm-hmm. I actually put it on my lap and mm-hmm. what I do is I tune the strings to a chord like let's mm-hmm. say d chord okay. or something like that or mm-hmm. some variant thereof mm-hmm. and um i used my my right thumb mm-hmm. to um to make the chords to press down on the strings because they're detuned the mm-hmm. tension is eased off a little bit so it makes it easier for me to play chords and then i strum mm-hmm. with uh, my right hand mm-hmm. you know because i'm still able to use uh, my right hand so it's good.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. I was actually going to ask you how you record your, your music. And uh, when it comes to, to the bass and drums, uh, do you use uh, MIDI or um, uh, uh, drum programming?
1: Um, a lot of people assume I use MIDI but mm-hmm. um, I'll tell you right now that what I use are
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, <laughs> not not isolated drum tracks or midi but okay. what i actually use are are sample packs you know from Ooh. from different drummers like mm-hmm. uh you get like uh big room drums mm-hmm. from i think uh Carl Ferrone or mm-hmm. Joe Vitale mm-hmm. and you just use their one shot samples and before mm-hmm. before then i used to use drum loops i used to like
2: mm-hmm.
1: do like kind of placeholder loops Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I've even used um, placeholder loops in the songs without wanting to expand on the beats really. But what I've done in recent years mm-hmm. is just make entire rhythm sections out of one shot drum, s- so you get like the <laughs>
2: snares awesome. and
1: the hi hats right. and everything, and the mm-hmm. and the bass drum mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, it's it turns out. Surprisingly, really well. Once you mm. learn how to mix everything.
0: If, if anyone's curious uh, about uh, the music that uh, Jake makes, uh, you can look at him. Look him up on uh, YouTube. Uh, it's happy, and then a question mark in between. In parentheses. parentheses. Right, right. So it's happy, happy. Happy, yeah, <laughs> happy, yeah, but we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Or> You <laughs> can also you can also mm-hmm. search
1: on YouTube, mm-hmm. Jake the Man zero nine one. There you go. You can also I'm also on Bandcamp. You can type happy three dot It's happy three dot bandcamp and uh, you can find a lot of my music there. So um, yeah, awesome. you can find me. Pretty much anywhere there's a Jake and small and a happy.
0: Yeah, we've we, we've been we've been spreading our stuff since uh, the, the what the late, early 2010s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah on the internet, much, right? So yeah. it's it's everywhere. <laughs> it's, <awesome>. it's everywhere. <laughs> Uh, let's just go back a bit to uh, to uh, cerebral palsy because uh, the reason why I, uh, I I I had this connection with Jake is because uh, apart from Jake being a musician and a '90s music enthusiast, um, my sister also has cerebral palsy, but hers is different. Like uh, like what you said, Jake, that uh, it's it's a new nuanced, nuanced uh um, condition that I don't know if, yeah, yeah. if there's enough research about it because my sister yeah. actually has uh, has cerebral palsy, but she is uh, um, it's it's both physical uh, with her and uh, also uh, uh, mental. So she uh, she's like a, she's like our baby still, even though she's the eldest. Yeah, yeah. So right now she's mm-hmm. like she's like I know probably like a. A three-year-old or a five-year-old still, even mm-hmm. even though she's already forty. So right. yeah, you know, it's it's something that uh, I, I want to read more on uh, in the future as well too. So yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I, yeah. What I have to say, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know as much. Uh, I don't have as much research knowledge about it myself. But mm-hmm. from what I can surmise, um, it it is It is physical, It mm. primarily it has to do with movement, right. but anything else, mm. um, as far as uh, cognitive delays and stuff, mm. that is in general due to like a general complication that someone mm. has when they're born, it's more coincidental. It's mm. not a byproduct per mm. se of the CP.
0: Right, oh, okay, okay, okay. So it's, it's it's probably something else that just uh that's you know it's a complication but it's not necessarily connected to the CP. Yeah. Well, I, I see I see and i i and i have a friend who uh who also has uh a sibling who has a cp as well so it's yeah. we're just raising awareness here about cerebral palsy so if you guys have any questions about it or uh, if you want if if you know someone maybe you can you can comment here or uh let's talk uh don't hesitate to comment here and uh, tell your friends uh share this uh, share this uh this episode of Hold Up. You are still listening to Jam Lemon Radio. Uh, just a bit, uh, Jake. Let me just uh, say hello to uh, people who just joined in. Uh, right. We got uh, Elisele uh, Jacob Rudolio. Good evening, uh, Daniel Lods of Santa Mesa. What's up, Dan? Uh, Alan Cruz. What's up, brother? He is uh, from uh, QC. And, uh, oh, my mother is actually, uh, uh, listening in, uh, oh. <laughs> from, uh, Kalbayo, down in the south. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, she says that, uh, TP is all the, also the biggest concern of her Hawaiian friend. <laughs> right. well, oh Well, Hawaii <laughs> is still U.S. though. So it's basically yeah, yeah. The same Right. <laughs> also, Jovir, uh, Lascunia is listening in. Good evening, sir. Uh, Rafa. Yes. Uh, Moping Agabi. And, uh. Leonard Savage, King Kong. Good evening, good evening. Alright. Um, let's just read this uh, message from uh, f- uh, from Franz EP. If you hold on and keep on accepting life challenges, no matter how difficult things could get, if someone is really passionate about music or anything that they want to do, they surely will succeed. Wow, that's words of wisdom right it there. It's really yeah. good. It's really nice. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ann. So, let's... Uh, Let's move on here, uh, Jake. Uh, let me pull up my, my cue cards for you. <laughs>
1: cue cards? Cue, card cue cards. You mean your Microsoft Word
0: document? <laughs> Not actually. It's actually the notepad on my phone. <laughs> oh, notepad. <laughs> of, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, Where were we? Okay. You, you uh, explained your process in, uh, in uh, recording, uh, including your instruments. What's your uh, songwriting process?
2: Yeah, my
1: songwriting process, I usually... It, it, it's really weird because I'll have a riff idea in my head for months, mm-hmm. and it just kind of manifests and then tunes out mm-hmm. and then comes back full force again, <laughs> tunes out again, comes back full force again. So I'm mm-hmm. like, during those full force times, I have to remember to like, okay, <laughs> I gotta get this down. And then... uh that's basically how the riffs are created. Right. Usually what I would do in the past is I would record ideas as they come out mm-hmm. and that's not always the best process because I do mm-hmm. ten fifteen takes over.
2: Right, right. And
1: then it just and then I actually lose the potency of the riff just from recording it over and over. So I let it simmer in my head mm-hmm. for a good amount of time, and then, uh, then I lay it over uh, the the drum beats, and I think the bass and the vocal parts I do mm-hmm. like as like the penultimate and the last steps right. in the process.
0: Right. Additional arrangements just to you know enhance the. Sound. Yeah! 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 Right. And I love and, and I love it that uh, you start with the riffs because uh, not a lot of people are uh, well uh, among my amongst my peers, um, not a lot of people are uh, really into riffs uh, nowadays. Uh, it's been you know it's been something it's been something that's uh, kind of you know being forgotten. Uh, mostly mm-hmm. it's just chords now. As long as I have chords. I have this uh, Yeah, they, there's chords. there's a, mm-hmm.
1: there's a sort of distinction with riffs and chords. When I say riffs, right. um, like usually what comes to mind what people think of is like seventies kind of hard rock kind right. of Zeppelin kinda one de kind, dang, of, dang, the kind mm-hmm. of riffs, mm-hmm. like na mm-hmm. or, or um, you know, something along that lines where mm-hmm. like really powerful grand funk kind of riffs. Right. But when I say riff, mm-hmm. I also I also mean chords. So okay, really okay. melodic, really really jingle jangly chords.
0: Uh-huh. But I, I do hear some of uh, from some of your songs that you, you do have your own riffs. Aside from chords
1: It's sort of mm-hmm. it's interesting how that plays out. Like how mm-hmm. coincidentally I start riffing
2: mm-hmm. on
1: others when I just mean to do like chord progressions, but mm-hmm. coincidentally they turn into riffs. So I'm proud
0: of that. <laughs> right, and that's and that's what's great about uh, letting letting it uh, letting it uh, simmer, as you said. Uh, when you have yeah, when yeah. you have that idea, you don't necessarily just jump in and. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's great. That's great. So um, you uh, told us about how you landed in uh, in uh, music journalism, uh, which is music existence and yep. uh some bands that uh you wrote about let's uh let's move ahead to your love for uh for opm because oh. yeah the first time i met you i was like oh my god this this guy knows more <laughs> knows more uh, local bands than i do how did you how did you discover Asian a and opm music
1: oh uh, opm music and uh, mm just to clarify mm-hmm. even some filipinos like who don't know we're not talking about opium we're talking about mm. original filipino music right which is the the term that they use or pinoy rock Pinot and um, how mm-hmm. i got into filipino music um <laughs> it was through youtube and around i wouldn't say 2005 but 2006. Um, i remembered my friend who I met in the hospital that I was recovering from some uh, surgery that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, he he told me to um, give uh, the Philippines scene a try. He was actually born in America, but he's since been over to the Philippines, and uh, he he fit, fit right at home, and he said, yeah, give the Philippines scene a try, see what you think. <laughs> And, uh, I, um, I kind of, it took me a little while to warm up to it and really figure out what it was about. I -hmm. can tell you that the very first Pinoy Rock song that I heard of was, um, it's really obscure. I don't know if anyone, um... Even remembers this or know this band exists, but I, the I band probably don't called, know
0: them. But <laughs> w- yeah, who, who the the were they? The band was
1: called DNA Rock, okay. and the song was called Perang Perahang Papel."
0: <laughs> Pera-perahang papel.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Was that? Was that? An... And,
1: and and it was kind of like this new metal kind of, uh, or kind of rage against the machine uh-huh. with kind of acoustic accompaniment, <laughs> it was so <laughs> weird, but um, when it came to actual, you know, established Pinoy rock bands, mm-hmm. I got into Sandwich and okay. Pupil, mm-hmm. and uh, I got into Pupil's Nasanka and mm-hmm. uh, Sandwich Sugod Manga Katate, yes. and um, mm-hmm. that was the branching off point, because from there, I mean, Ellie Buendia and, Raymond Marisigan. were from are both heads. in the eraser heads. Mm-hmm. So that got me into like the whole nineties scene and like Mike on is in Teeth and mm-hmm. I got into Teeth and then from Teeth I got into Anointed Cherubs and Wolfgang <laughs> and Feet Like Fins and Sugar Hick Right. Up and Color It Red and Yano and the Youth mm-hmm. and the List goes on. <laughs>
0: that was that was back in uh, what early early 2010s as well like um 2011 once i
1: started really getting into the 90s scene i think was really uh early 2010s but 2005 and 6 mm-hmm. is when i that was the start of pinoy rock for me like discovering pinoy rock as an american <laughs> probably one of the few americans
2: <laughs> right to, um,
1: right you know get like really invested in it <laughs> but um there's been kind of slow appreciation. Um, I remember there was this one guy recently who did like this review of uh Halikni mm-hmm. Hudas by mm-hmm. Wolfgang mm-hmm. and uh he really loved it. He was like this this heavy metal kind of enthusiast guy and he mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. And then he started giving other bands from other Asian countries a try mm-hmm. and, like in Malaysia and all that stuff and uh, that's basically how I found out about Pinoy rock in general was mm-hmm. going down the list of Asian countries. I've already heard a lot of Japanese rock, I've heard a lot of Korean rock, I heard a lot of Chinese rock, but then I was like, Who should I tackle next? Philippines <laughs>
0: So, the small so archipelago in the southeast. Yeah, yeah. It's oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and now you're friends with uh, with a lot of Filipinos uh, through your uh, your uh, love for the music. And I, I believe you have like what um, uh, almost a hundred uh, friends, uh, Filipino friends here. Only yeah, a lot, a lot of Facebook. like a lot of Filipino friends.
2: Right. And
1: right. Uh, it, it's weird. It's 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 Really interesting. It's really strange too how I come to meet them mm-hmm. because it, it's it's um, it's really difficult sometimes to
2: mm-hmm. to
1: interpret their reception of me when they when they figure out that I'm into Filipino music. They cannot believe that I'm fully white. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they can't believe that I'm fully white. They're like, "Is your mother Pinay? Is your dad?" <laughs> Pinoy, <laughs> and then are and then I was actually talking uh, several years ago this is mm-hmm. like way back I was talking to this guy uh, Alfie Barameda, from yeah. uh, half-life half death mm-hmm. uh, the 90s group and uh, we were talking about music we were talking about um, you know what, what Filipino music um, what they should do to expand to um, an audience right. like beyond Filipino. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm also surprised that you're not Filipino. And then in, in his message, he said, Are sure? and he said, I, and I was like, oh man. So a lot of, I guess, is it really? resonant filipino music is it really resonant um not to say that it's kind of homogenized and locked in but is it really resonant to a lot of filipinos that they don't really like other cultures can get into filipino music as readily as i did <laughs> i think
0: i think i think it it, it has that it has that uh, that appeal because I, I also know uh, a couple other guys who are uh uh pure americans and uh, live there grew up there who are into uh opm matter of fact one of them oh wow yeah matter of fact one of them has his own uh, record label um and he's uh, he's uh i think he's 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 just as y- as young as you and he's uh, he's um He's gonna put under his label. He's gonna he's remastering old punk albums. Whatever he oh, wow. gets his ads on, yeah, yeah, that's
2: not really just cool. A, yeah,
0: a, a, on vinyl and on cassette, actually. That's really cool. It, Speaking it
1: of punk remasters and mm-hmm. pinoy punk
0: remasters
1: mm-hmm. in particular,ly a lot of the are uh, not a lot of the I should say, uh, everybody really twisted red. Cross Just catalogs right across, from right. the mid '80s, mm-hmm. the hardcore label, mm-hmm. uh, they uh, released, uh, re-released Urban Bandits and GI right. and the Idiots, right, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and it's really cool to see mm-hmm. a lot of underground Pinoy recordings mm-hmm. uh, get their digital due, if you mm-hmm. will,
2: right.
0: And, and and the reason the reason why why we have that appeal, I mean, at least the Pinoy rock has appeal uh for you know uh caucasians western countries is because i think most of our music does Does get a lot from the western sound when it comes to rock the mainstream sound i mean yeah even even the disco era uh, uh tvj <laughs> um yeah was yeah it, was it tvj right right uh, no 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 tvj is the is the is the trio but uh the, what was the band again? I forgot, but um, th- I think they, they borrowed a lot from the BGS at the time. And uh, yeah. Juan de la Cruz was what? Um, also the 70s rock of uh, the Western country Yeah, yeah. Right. And then when punk yeah. started, um, when their records uh, came in to the Philippines, lots of uh, young ones. I mean that was when the underground punk was born here as well. So it's it's sort of a sort of a shadow, but it doesn't mean that the, that the sound that that the Pinoy rock me- makes is is exactly similar. It has its own, yeah, its, its yeah, own yeah. sound.
1: It where, has it has right. a local flavor, right? Right, <laughs> I mean, exactly. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's like it's, a dialect. It's very and local.
0: Right. And I
1: noticed that's it that's a mm-hmm. also common in other countries uh right they they're very they're very um they have kind of a love-hate relationship with their local scene mm-hmm. some days they're really proud of their local <laughs> scene some days like i prefer i prefer music from europe or i prefer right. our local scene sucks right and sometimes sometimes they're very indifferent but mm-hmm. other times they're like super accepting and like Mm-hmm. When I when I see like um, comments um, on like the songs that I post, I also have a channel
2: mm-hmm. called
1: Famous or Forgotten Music, and I post like a lot of rarities mm-hmm. on my uh, on my YouTube channel. That's on YouTube, one right? Of right. Them, mm-hmm. Yeah, one of them was uh, RP Rock Project mm-hmm. from back in 1985. They're a Pinoy rock group. They had an album called Street Legal. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was this one guy who first heard the song Run Mm -hmm. in 1989. And he said, man, I thought this was a foreign band. (laughs) But lo and behold, they're Filipino. (laughs) And they really RP, Mm -hmm. um, even though they're not really well known. They Mm -hmm. were known in the 80s, but then sort of fizzled out. Mm. They really perfected that seasoned mm. like western production right. sound <laughs> you hear, you've heard a lot of what like, was their
0: label Jake? Uh,
1: what was the the label yeah um for for um rp yeah was, they they weren't trc uh, though
0: right
1: uh, they were they were black gold black there gold go. was the record label that put mm-hmm. that out okay and uh Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of... It's really interesting when you get into Pinoy Rock, like Mm -hmm. the sounds that they experimented with. There's also a lot of stuff like um, RJ and the Riots put out back in the early 60s. And then you have like, you know, the Beatles pop kind of sound. And then Mm in the 70s, you have like the warmth. Mm. Of Juan de la Cruz and right. Asin and Maria Cafra,
0: Maria Judas yes.
1: and oh all that. Your Judas, however you right. pronounce it, Stampaguita. Mm-hmm. All this, all this, uh, all these bands have that mm-hmm. '70s kind of warmth.
2: Right.
1: And like I always think, and like regardless of the decade of Pinoy rock, mm-hmm. I was like, when I hear the English songs, I'm like. Why weren't these things hits? <laughs> you know, over here. Why didn't these guys cross over? And I think part of the problem is that they have such a kinship with their local scene. They like to mm-hmm. keep it like um, inside of the Philippines. And it's kind of like their best kept secret.
0: Right. Um, it's, it's kind other- of uh, very, very exclusive for them. So. Yeah. 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 But it's different now, though. I mean, it's uh, we, we got yeah, Spotify. Yeah, different now. It's it's different. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, it's you. You can you can uh, put out your song almost everywhere now, but the competition is also stronger as compared. Oh uh, yeah. Before, right, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, hold on. Uh, Project Spart uh, said the band, the disco band I was referring to earlier was VST. There you go, VST and, VST, VST and, company.
2: and company. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know your VST, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so
1: yeah. Like, the 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 boyfriends too. The like, Boyfriends, to hot the boyfriends, dog too. Hot dog. <laughs>
0: there you go. There you go. It's it's like it's like we're. Uh, we're both uh, we're both uh, senior citizens talking about uh, old Filipino music. Yeah, new oh, boyfriend, hot dog. <laughs> like like we weren't uh, we weren't even adults yet when martial law here happened. <laughs>
1: oh man. Oh,
2: <laughs> Not man. even teenagers.
0: Uh so Jake That's what something. what can you say about the uh about the modern uh, OPM? Um if you still listen to it? I mean, the the current ones, what can you say about the modern uh, modern sound, uh, the mainstream stuff here, and uh, maybe the future of it?
1: Nowadays, we kind of have, we're kind of in, with the internet as big as it is now, we're kind of in a Mm free-for-all. A lot of uh, things that you used to do in the past were held to a certain production standard, Mm. But even the raw rough-and-tumble bands are getting played, right? and it goes back to the LA 105.9 days, you know, back in the 90s, by, back in by the N-U-107. Filipino days. Even if,
2: right. mm-hmm.
1: even if uh, the songs were like recorded mm-hmm. in like a very rough-and-tumble way, mm-hmm. they still got out there, and people right. still recognize them, it mm-hmm. still resonates all mm-hmm. the same.
0: It was it was it was similar to uh, the time when uh, Frank Zappa was uh, was big uh, back in the '70s, where uh, where uh, bigwigs would uh, take risk at uh, whatever music that uh, they're offered because I don't know it's it's not it's not entirely for money at the time. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: It's, it, 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 was a, it was an interesting thing and I, I recognize uh, mm. the, the one thing that you were re- referring to was when he was talking about mm. the, uh, the big wigs, right. how they would take more risk mm. and then for some reason after trying that and making millions on mm. a gamble mm-hmm. then they bring in the conservative hippie who, <laughs> who's playing it safe Uh and wants to bring like the most polished product out and stuff so that's you see like the changes (laughs) in the music industry
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and how people put stuff out but then Mm -hmm. you kind of see a pattern right it it becomes polished stuff Mm -hmm. you know it's the stuff that comes out but then you see the raw stuff Mm -hmm. then it goes back to the polished stuff back to the raw stuff it's and I think in 2020, with mm-hmm. everything that's going on, mm-hmm. I think it's back to the raw stuff. I think we're seeing like a surge in raw, emotive, heavy music coming
0: back. <laughs> I've had that forecast for a while now as well, because uh, for you know for for uh, many years now, almost a decade, it's been you know it's been all the polished stuff. And it is what happened, right? I mean, back in the 70s, yeah. uh, they, they went disco and then uh, they went punk uh, during, yeah. during the start of the 80s. And then they went to, uh, to the EDMs, uh, uh, the danceable tracks. And then by the 90s, you had grunge. And then after that, there was post-grunge and then boy bands and girl groups. Yeah, like yeah, and then it just goes—you know—it goes. It's a cycle, man. Before, raw and polished.
1: raw polished, raw, raw polished, polish,
0: polish. polish. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the 2020s. Are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Especially when this whole thing blows over, we gotta oh, get yeah. outside. We gotta get.
0: Movement. Oh yeah. We gotta. Yeah. yeah
1: everyone's we, everyone's we gonna, gonna be retail. shouting
0: out in the streets. They're gonna be shouting freedom.
2: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, that's what we gotta do, man. We we gotta we. In a way, this is this mm-hmm. is our new punk. This is yeah. our quarantine punk initially, <laughs> but then once we get outside, mm-hmm. once we get outside mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. it's going to be a whole new. I don't even know if it's going to be revolutionary. Uh, who knows? Who knows? It's just going to be something, and it's going to be <laughs> uh-huh. vibrant
2: and it's yeah. going to be good.
0: Yeah, yeah. We just don't know how when that will be because. Uh... <laughs> there's no there's no clear forecast as uh, when this uh, whole pandemic will uh, you know blow over so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jake, can you uh, can you sample us uh, some of your uh, pinoy english accent there oh uh,
1: <laughs> my my uh, pinoy english accent you know i'm i'm sitting in bed here it's still <laughs> relatively dark and, and you haven't uh, had coffee yet Sometimes, sometimes I expressed some symptoms. Oh man, did I tell you about the time that my sister tried to order me a phone? There was this guy who was having a hard time communicating. He was like, ma'am, I'm a little concerned that your brother wants the iPhone 6s and not the iPhone 7.
0: Where do you get these? I mean, do you I watch... I bi-
1: It's just from experience. It's really? just from listening to a mm-hmm. lot of people, listening to a lot of accents, and like <laughs> I'm not really receptive. I mean, in, in,
0: in person? I mean, in, in Westchester, um, New York? Not, not in was, person. It's no? Just, um, just online? just
1: um, like... Uh, well, in person, I can really pick up the vibrations, mm-hmm. but for the time being, it's just all, like, YouTube videos. <laughs> and, like, it's... It, it's so strange how I'm able to pick up like Irish accents and like uh, uh, British accents. And yeah,
0: give me give me a British yeah. accent there.
1: Well, <laughs> well, it's um, it's it's not really the the type of uh, accent <laughs> that anyone could perfect, but I suppose mine <laughs> is uh, rather good. Um, it's rather good. But, um, yeah yeah but there's so many good. and I didn't even notice like in Asia too they have they have Hong Kong they have Singapore like what are you doing you said that already <laughs> like like there's too many accents like,
0: yeah that's Singapore right there
2: <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, I'm cool.
0: yeah. <laughs> Uh, Project Spart says that uh, you sound very much like his uncle, who's working in Hong Kong. <laughs> there you go. Hello oh, to uh, Tito Ival. Uncle. <laughs> uncle. Hiya. <yeah. laughs> La. So um, hey, I was I was going to ask you this. What's what's uh, what's his name again? The singer for Blink, the one who uh, who Tom Tom DeLong. Um. Yeah. What's his accent? It, don't waste your time on me. Ready? What Lost is that? Inside my head. I, don't I don't know. know. It's is is like it just it's being west, enunciated? It's
1: very West Coast. Is very it California? Is it? I
0: mean, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I don't hear they're that. Very from...
1: California. <laughs> I don't know if they're from Southern California. Southern. It's like, and in 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 in, uh, in Seattle is kind of the flip side. It's right. like. Kind of like we're from Seattle, man. And then, <laughs> Seattle, Seattle. I like Chris mm-hmm. Novoselic said, right. like when he was talking about Pearl Jam, he was mm-hmm. like, "Well, their music's not bad or anything." <laughs> and like well, we were just laughing and working and stuff. It's so weird. It's so weird. Like seeing all these other accents like
0: across the globe. So what's what's a neutral? The most neutral accent there. I mean, what state would you say? Um, um, Don't say New York because you're you're from New uh, York. That's gonna be biased. Oh Oh,
1: well, uh, New York, New York is kind of like Westchester. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll I'll tell you about Westchester. Westchester Mm -hmm. is kind of like it's kind of the neutral accent. And mm-hmm. when you go into the city it sort of uh, ah. uh up, toughens right. up. But then when you when you're in the suburban areas it kinda levels out, but then you mm-hmm. get to Connecticut and it's kind of like Connecticut is two hours from Westchester, so they kinda have like a reserved accent. So uh, you kinda mm-hmm. level out in Westchester and mm-hmm. then when you go to New York City you get all <laughs> these different types of you know, all these New York Kind of spins on the accent and like it's very East Coast. You know? I, I
0: think, you get, I, like, think it, I think it's if, if, if the city is too urbanized, um, that's where you get these uh, these dialects, these accents, like in New Jersey, yeah, yeah, like yeah. in New York City, right? I mean, uh, in the Midwest, they they sound just fine. I mean, uh, outside of yeah, the big cities, yeah, like right?
1: over in Chicago and over right. in Ohio, <laughs> right? I paid upwards of about uh, uh, seven hundred. Dollars mm-hmm. for my down payment. And then I,
2: you
0: know, like, <laughs> I was I was out in uh, in Philadelphia once, and uh, I noticed they have they have this. Uh, there's no accent, but uh, when yeah. they say a sentence at the end of it, it's like they're asking a question.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah are, you, are you? Oh man, the thing about mm-hmm. accents is mm-hmm. sometimes they're super subtle. Right. But when someone right. gets mad, or when uh-huh. someone gets in a heated conversation, mm-hmm. it's gonna it come out. Comes out yeah. full force. <laughs> like I have a I friend. I have my friend Brian from from Canada, uh-huh. and uh, he wasn't necessarily heated, but uh-huh. I remember um, he was talking to mm. first his aunt and his mom, mm-hmm. and I guess it's also other than getting in a, a tense situation, mm-hmm. it's about feeling at home. With the person, mm-hmm. so when you speak to a close relative, right. then it also comes out. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. in in, uh, in my friend in my friend's case, it also comes out. You know? <laughs> it comes out about yeah. It right. comes out yeah, <laughs> out in Canada, out in the Sometimes <laughs> right. it comes old it comes old sometimes it's out, and you know, sometimes it's right. more subtle. Um, <laughs> and but, I don't know, like. Um, Philadelphia. You mentioned Philadelphia. Mm. A lot of the times, like they're like, "Oh, really? We're right. we're under quarantine. We can't get there. We can't
0: get there." <laughs> You're nailing it, man. <laughs> there you go. What I about what about what about cream What about the average <laughs> uh, English accent of uh, Filipinos? Would you say it's uh, it's understandable oh, as compared well, to the other? Asian yeah, countries? yeah. It,
1: it is understandable, mm-hmm. but it's kind of. They Mm -hmm. kind of maintain a Mm -hmm. nasal quality, and it's like, they're kind of like this. (laughs) They're kind of like this.
0: Right. No modulation, sort of.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it sort of of comes out. Yeah. It sort of comes out, and it's (laughs) like, oh, man. Oh, man, Philippines. Here it comes. Here it comes.
0: (laughs) So you'd know. Just hearing their yeah, voice. I I right, yeah, I, like, I
1: If I need customer mm-hmm. service, mm-hmm. I know that they're really, they're really, they're doing their best mm-hmm. to like, to really put on the neutrality mm-hmm. in their accent. Like, I, I don't want him to know where <laughs> I'm from. But.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, they're, they're kind of, uh, we're, we're mostly, uh, most Filipinos are embarrassed to, uh, Hear uh, their their you know natural English accent, um, but you, you know why why is it that way when it when in fact Italians are proud to have that you know their their way of speaking English even the French right it it sounds I don't know. Nice, I, I,
1: right? I guess it just comes back to just hearing yourself hearing mm. yourself like the way you naturally are mm. like when I was. When I was um, growing up, and I think you had this experience too—the first time you heard your own voice recorded, ah. did you? Did you cringe like <laughs> so heavily? You, you probably did.
2: did. Yeah,
1: <laughs> very. Yeah. So, so, I think that's. I think, mm. and that uh, they're very vocal. They're very communicative, mm. but then they also have like this sort of the like this identity where it's uh, like taking in the American influences, taking Mm. in whatever else influences they have in their native speaking voice, Mm. and then uh, for for everything else, sometimes they're like, sometimes they say, I don't have an accent. Sometimes (laughs) they say, I have a little bit of an accent, or sometimes they say like, oh, like on a scale of like neutral to Filipino, my accent is definitely Filipino. (laughs) And then you hear them speak, and it's like, yes, it is definitely <laughs> Filipino because you know, if I get sick this time, I have to call the doctor.
0: <laughs> what would you say to them? I mean, uh, it's, it's not something to be ashamed of, right? As long as you're as yeah, it's
1: not something to be ashamed of. Yeah, as long as uh, of, uh, I,
0: you're, you're intelligible, that's fine. I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, as long as you're mm-hmm. as long as you're clearly understood, that's fine. And, mm-hmm. You know, I've come to understand that I have an accent too, and it's not mm. as uh, nondescript as I thought it would mm. be. Because, um, uh, you know, when I talked to my friend in Canada, like, he picked out, like, wow, you sound very New York. And, like, mm. it's kind of strange how he says, I sound very New York, because <laughs> actually, I was born in New Haven, Connecticut, and then. Mm. Um, I I didn't grow up there Right. I was just like born in the hospital there but then we moved to uh, my parents moved to New York and then it's kind of what I can kind of uh, um, wrap around my head you Mm -hmm. know that it's kind of like a a combination of the sort of osmosisly acquired uh connecticut accent and then new york yeah. it's like a combination of the two
0: mm-hmm. so it's, yeah yeah it's it's a it's a crossbreed yeah yeah <laughs>
1: it's, it's weird how that works but you know it you ne- i don't know maybe your accent kind of changes over time i remember I, I when believe you first.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah when you first made your your video to me you were like mm-hmm. hey jake hey my friend <laughs> and I'm not sure if you were playing up to it, or if that? I don't
0: remember. I don't remember. You, I have, have to. I have to watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't. remember. But um, well, when I, I my my first my, my first language actually my my uh, native language is is Warai, which is uh, the language where I grew up in 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 Samar oh. down south. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I uh, went here for college uh went to manila for college um mm-hmm. i didn't have that uh, that uh, tagalog accent and i still have uh actually uh, a hint of 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 being a waray when i speak tagalog so it's oh, really wow. it's not something that you know that that you can shake off you know and it's your <laughs> it, it's that's your identity i think so
1: yeah. yeah it becomes your identity yeah. after a while yeah
0: true true that true that <laughs> So, Jake, um, uh, we're nearing our uh, our uh, my our, the end of our interview uh, with you. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, could you um, maybe uh, uh, give us some give give some advice to the listeners uh, tonight on uh, you know on being uh, maybe uh, being a writer, a music journalist, and as a mm-hmm. musician as well, despite the challenges in life.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, so what you should do is like this is something music journalism is, is popping over it's popping up, I should say, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot of different sites you can get involved with. I did this pretty much on a limb.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I got into this completely by accident and uh I'm fortunate to have the music knowledge and being a musician and getting into it. The only key is you have to be passionate about what you're writing. Right. When whenever it gets to the point where you near burnout, you have to sit and reflect why you why you get into this. But I should say as long as you're sensible, as long as you're fair, as long as you're courteous mm-hmm. and you're genuine. Exactly. It's not all that bad. It'll take you places. It'll get you to where you need to be. and I'm glad that you know I've had all these experiences talking to wonderful people, getting mm-hmm. to review awesome albums and getting in touch with the scene that I otherwise would have ignored right had I like not found this opportunity. So I am forever grateful.:
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, that's uh, Jake Kuzmall, uh for you guys. Uh, he is a writer, uh, music journalist for under musicexistence.com. And he is also an independent artist. Uh, he has music. You can uh, look him up on YouTube, which is happy, uh, then question mark with a parenthesis, uh, inside a parenthesis, right?
1: So, yeah, and yeah. then also mm-hmm. I'm on Bandcamp. It's yes. happy3.bandcamp.com. You mm-hmm. can find me there as well. There you <laughs> go. And
0: what's the other one? You have a channel uh, oh, on yeah. YouTube too?
1: Oh, yeah. My other channel where I post mm-hmm. rarities and forgotten gems is called Famous or Forgotten Music. Um, and it has like all this rare stuff from all these other countries. Give it a go. You'll like it. You'll get into all these uh favorites all these gems that you otherwise wouldn't have discovered you know in a long time there and you it's go. you'll find something really special
0: there you go there you have it so that's uh jake kuzmaul right there um jake thank you for uh your time for tonight um any uh last message maybe
1: well uh Salamat sa yung Support and thank you for everyone listening. And uh, I'm glad that you uh, have a lot of nice messages for me and Rob, and that you're tuning in, and that most importantly, you're staying safe. That's the most right. important part, and that we're all well. And we're gonna beat this, guys. This is gonna blow over. Mm-hmm. We're gonna come back, and. You know, be the champions that we've are, and to a degree that we've always been. So, that's it. That's all I have. Thank
0: you. Very nice words from uh, Jake Kazmal right there. Jake, thank you so much, and uh, you stay safe right there. Your day is just starting, so uh, I think it's time for breakfast for you. (laughs) Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, well. Thanks
1: so much, man, for talking to me. I really appreciate it.
0: It's it's it's. My pleasure, Jake. Thanks so much, brother. All right, man. All right. We'll talk yeah, to you. Have uh, a good one. Talk to you uh, some other time then. All right. Take care, Jake. All right, man. All right. See ya. Bye-bye. You. See ya.